Shivarada Madhava ki jai, Kodivashna Guru Parampara ki jai, Kobhakta Vrinda ki jai, Gaud Premanande. Good evening, everyone. Word is that uh, you've got good questions here. Keeping everybody, keeping me busy and praise to your questions from the listeners. <laughs> So they ask good questions there at Sarabhai. <laughs> so, you're 50% of the equation, at least. And there's more of you than me, so probably more than 50%. Welcome. Nice to see you again. Nice to be here. So, welcome to you also. Any questions tonight? Yes? Where are you? spoke recently about Nityananda who was who would have out you know, giving out the mercy and Prabhupada extending it to people. Um, I'm kinda of wondering if you could also speak about in addition to the outreach, the inreach and the importance of um, taking care of the people that we already have in addition maybe to reaching out and trying to get more people to come in. Uh-huh. Well, I think that um, real outreach does um, derive, if you will, from inward reach. Um, when you become inspired by the ideal, just in the beginning you want to share it with others. So something has to come in in order for it to go out. Hmm. There's an inbox and an outbox, <laughs> and you need to keep the inbox uh, as full as the inbox is, as full as the outbox will be in the real sense of the term. And um, so they're meant to complement one another. Um, outreach, proper outreach, arises out of the inward reach and. At the same time, the outreach, when properly done, serves to um, also to um, to uh, facilitate and assist one in their own inner growth. And I think that also, in one sense, the outreach should be looked at as a means to purify and, and better oneself with regard to the pursuit of the goal um, to avoid the ego of you know the, the, the savior um, being yourself something like that um, you follow um, we can certainly learn from everyone and everything if we pay attention and so if we um, extend the dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to others as a vehicle. In one sense, we do it in the, in the context of pursuing our own our own betterment. If you do good for other people, it's good for you. So there's a kind of selfishness, a spiritual selfishness to take into consideration. Charity begins at home, they say, so you have to be good to yourself spiritually in order to really effectively be good to others. So, you know, the two 
uh, compliment one another. You know, you mentioned Prabhupada, things I've said about him with regard to his outreach and so forth, and he himself uh, used the term more than once to boil the milk. Now we have enough devotees, we should boil the milk and so forth. Um, so there's a place for that, but I don't think, you know, the result of boiling the milk is that it overflows the pot. So um, the more, it, you know, in one sense you can only give what you have. So it's an um, investment in your own practice, is an investment in outreach. But then again, outreach is can, can be consuming. Hmm? It can consume the mind when you try to explain other pe- to other people what uh, what you're about, share it with them and so forth. And then so, so that... Um, um, kind of absorption is uh, readily available through that kind of outreach and it's very powerful. And it's quite a challenge when somebody says, what are those beads? You don't know where to begin, right? Uh, what to say to them or to f- come up with creative ways and means to present the, the teaching to people. Um, I don't think it's, uh, in that regard, I don't think it's so much of a a way in terms of doing anything is more of a way of talking about it that constitutes an understanding of it that gives one the ability to or the liberty to use different language and and uh, and so forth that may be more appealing and um, contemporary in any given time and so forth. Um, there are all kinds of things that people do in the name of spreading Krishna consciousness that to be creative, that um, are thought to represent novel ways and means of presenting the teaching, a term that Prabhupada coined, so to speak, in his Bhagavatam commentary. But um, great people, we said in recent classes, can do great things. Um, not such great people cannot take us in many liberties, I would say, and, and there's a there's some there's just a thought that I'm having as we talk, uh, a danger I've seen it in the name of being creative and focusing on outreach and, and so forth and creating novel ways and means that uh, um, uh, one ends up doing something that doesn't really very well represent the tradition perhaps that can happen. So at any rate, these these are meant to complement one another, and um, um, I was uh, my outreach, if you will, in, in distributing Prabhupada's books was pointed out to Prabhupada by Ramaswar Prabhu in a letter. I don't know, 1972, something like that. And I, had, I sold a lot of books or something on it someday. And um, so Prabhupada Rebecca is very pleased with the service of Tripurari Das. And, uh, and so for then in his own handwriting, afterwards he had an asterisk at the bottom and he said, make sure he's always reading the book, something like that. So um, he was quick to uh, uh, make that uh, comment. I mean, I was, but... Certainly, uh, that was my own approach to the matter, uh, if you will, of outreach as I got involved in that. 
uh, first of all, I I thought that the devotees were very qualified people that I had met, far more um, adept. They had talents, they had uh, abilities. I had never, you know, like I dropped out of school. I didn't have a job. You know, um, they seemed to me to be much more talented and have many more abilities than myself and um, and be educated. So it was the perception that I had. And so I took to the streets because I thought, well, that's, I could do that, I guess. You know, so I'll find some place to get involved. I like it, so share it with other people. <laughs> and I didn't realize at the time, that it was in the beginning, that it was, you know... In those days we had a warehouse full of books and there were some devotees going out trying to sell them here and there and they had some success. But um, it was later that I found out through Ramaswar that you know, this was, you know, he would talk about his important service and so on and so forth. So I didn't get into it with the ego of being a big important person or a qualified person. And, um, and to go out and to interact with the people and to preserve one's own spirituality and not be distracted you know, by the world. I mean, typically you have to realize that the, for centuries the sadhus of Gaudiya Vaishnavism would live in the Dham. Hmm. You want to be a Vaishnava, you go live in the Dham. If people come to the Dham, you know, you interact with them. And, and you're living in the Dham, doing kirtan and practicing. I mean, you know, it's always our thing to tell People should come to the West and preach. I remember once I was in Vrindavan on the street and I met a disciple of Bon Maharaj, Bhakti Hurdai Bon Marsh, Godbrother of Prabhupada's young Indian man, and he spoke good English and I was talking to him and I said, You should come to the, go to the West and preach. And he said, Why? <laughs> I'm living in Vrindavan. And it really struck me at the time. Well, yeah, you got a point there. There's a place for that too. Hmm. Um, <laughs> So, uh, but at any rate, um, uh, it was a challenge to go out and, uh, and and be in an environment that wasn't protected and so forth. Um, you had to bump heads with other people who weren't always so interested and so forth. Um, so I used to go in the morning, I'd go to the morning program in, in Los Angeles, and then I would go and stand in front of the deities and chant until I got a taste and, and got inspired, and then I would go out. That was my system. So my outreach was was you know was based on kind of an overflow of enthusiasm and empowerment of sorts. Uh, um, and um, personally, that was also how I used to teach the devotees. Again, I wasn't a very talented person in other respects and not educated at all. I just had some sincerity about me and um, and uh, Prophet's blessing. And I, th- I thought it was a simple formula. You know, you read the books, you get absorbed in them and hearing a chanting, worship the deities, and then, then you go out. And that's where you get your, how you do it because I was successful in selling the books, and so I was asking, how do you do it? How do you do it? I remember I had mentioned Guru Kripa Swami and Nishodhananda Swami the other night. I think, was it the other night here? And um, on another occasion, 
they approached me and they they said, you know, we want you to talk to our men. They had some men, and this at that time they were. Um, I'm trying to think chronologically. I think it was prior. I think they started to get something going prior to me suggesting they go to Japan in America. And they kind of terrorized the, the temples in the United States by stealing, you know, brahmacharis and so forth. And then we got to Mayab where they had cornered me and they wanted to know who were the best brahmacharis and they were going to go solicit them. We had talked about that. So in the, in the Americas, or in, in, in California actually, um, while they they had a little trailer, like an Airstream trailer, they were pulling around with a van or something like that. So they got me in there and they said, uh, again, I was a brahmachari, they were sannyasis. They said, we want you to teach our men how to distribute books. You know, how to be, how to, because they wanted, I guess, they, they, they didn't really want us to distribute books, they wanted to just raise money, give it to problem, but to be out there and be, absorbed and not be affected by the environment and so forth was, was a concern. They wanted me to convey my, you know, how I did that, so to speak. And, any, and, and it was kind of a technique question that they were asking. So I answered uh, them and to their men, you know, they said, tell these guys, you know, that's what they were like. So I, I said to them, I said, well, my technique is, you know, I get up at this time in the morning and and I chant uh, this many rounds, and uh, you know, and I, and I went on about it like that. That's my technique, mm-hmm. and um, they really and appreciated it. They said, "Yeah, this is yoga, you guys." You know, so they were like, "Yoga," you know. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you know them, so Guru Creep in particular. So they did appreciate it, um, and uh, Ramaswar always wanted me to have these like seminars, tell people how to do it and so forth. And he was always pushing on the technique, the detail, how you put the book in the hand, what do you say. And so, you know, I did come up with my ways, things to say and so forth, but my main emphasis always was you have to be Krishna conscious. You know, that's going to be your protective, you know, uh, bubble that you go out there and it's going to require spiritual strength to do this and in and not be a a a, um, a um, what do you call it a, a falling star or a meteor or, you know a shooting star you go up and then it goes out something like that um, so I would always that was always my first foot forward because that was what my thinking about it was that was my experience. Hmm. So uh, I was always emphasizing the inner life, and our group, uh, the, the book distributors I had, were, the, were some of the most read, well-read devotees. I was very well-read. We would just sit and read and read and read, and go out and see, sell and get in the car and read on the way back, and and so forth. We would go over, and I had a system with them. We'd sit, go through the books, each reference in a purport. We'd follow it to the next book. Purport that take us to another book, and that to another book, until we came back to the original purport. We would read all the books in that way. So um, I guess what I'm saying is <laughs> that my approach to the outreach was that, that to look for the inner strength to, to do that and, 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 then, and then what you get. You know, Naturally you, 
you feel inspired to share it. Um, so the two really do uh, go together, and, and um, you do have to be careful. I think that it does happen um, where you see devotees get really involved in in, uh, in in so-called outreach, and it's not. It really should foster the. You know, my. I mean, I was. I was always eager to come back and chant. I mean, Ramaswar, he was, uh, you know, one of the organizers, as it, you know, as it turned out, of of the book distribution in ways, and he kind of systematized things and wrote letters to Prabhupada, made charts and reports and stuff like that. And um, um, it was hard. We were out there doing that, and, it, we, and those of us who were doing it, we, we would relish to come back to the temple and chant. Um, I remember one year we uh, we came to the uh, my party, whatever, came to the uh, L.A. Ra Theatre, and the last thing we wanted to do was sell books. We wanted to get in the Ra Theatre, <laughs> you know, just such an internal uh, event. Um, was for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It's, it's the day that you know what Jagannath is thinking. That's pretty cool. You know, you know what the deity's thinking today. And it's right there in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. So to get into that, and we were, you know, well read, so we knew what it was about. And, um, you know, bless his heart and all, but Ramaswar was like telling us we should be distributing books. And he's like, we're doing that like 365 days of the year. If you take a bag and sell a book, we're going to enter the Kirtan of Lord Jagannath here, and we're going back to Godhead right now. You know? <laughs> was kind of the attitude. He was a bit intimidating, thinking it was not quite selfless, you know. But um, another thing was that, was that Prabhupada was, I remember, um, if you don't mind telling some of these stories that come to mind, um, Prabhupada was uh, endeavoring to open the Krishna Balaram temple. Mm-hmm. And it was a big event for Prabhupada, I mean, a huge, huge event. I mean, it was... Was much bigger than than I think in his life than building the, and opening the Bombay Temple, and um, even more so than opening the Mayapur Temple. Those were his three, you know, centers. And he used to say that um, Bombay is my office, Vrindavan is my place of worship, or excuse me, Mayapur is my place of worship, and Vrindavan is my home, my residence. So. Um, there was a lot more controversy, I think, surrounding the opening of the Krishna Balaram Temple in Vrindavan than there was in, uh, say, in Mayapur. Hmm. Although there was some difficulty in politics, uh, people against him getting the land and so forth. But Vrindavan's a little more concentrated, and, um, and it, was a, it was a big thing. All these white people, you know, were, were devotees. And opening a temple of Krishna Balaram. So, at any rate, it was a big thing. It meant a lot to Prabhupada, and I somehow tuned into that. That it really meant a lot to Prabhupada, and so um, I wanted all of the the. Um, I had only men on my party. All of the men on my party to be able to go to my go to Vrindavan for the opening, and it was going to be at an off time first. There was a time that it was going to open, and then it was postponed and ended up being opening during the uh, time where we normally went for the Mayapur Vrindavan festival. 
So we were like living, you know, in, in the book distribution, the outreach, to go to Vrindavan on the, you know, for whatever, if a week or something, you know, just for the opening, because I was telling how much it meant to Prabhupada and uh, what a big thing it was, and here, and all our money that we were collecting from selling books was going to, to build the temple. We were like the unseen, you know, persons who were really involved in it. Others were there on the scene, dealing with the local um, municipality people and um, politics of the town and so forth. Um, but we were in the streets and in the airports selling books and all the money was going to Brindavan. Um, so uh, Ramaswar was saying, like, you know, you should be this selfless and sacrifice. I was telling like, it's selfless to want to go back to God. You know, God, you know. It's not like we don't want to live in Vrindavan and go, go you know, the, the, so we're going, you know. <laughs> I turned, as it turned, it got called off, it was postponed, it wasn't ready, and so it did open at a time where we would have gone anyway. But my point only is that we were in that kind of space that we were really, we were out there, but we were living to come back, and and you know, we had a taste, bearing and chanting and so forth, and then go out was 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 a service and that was quite could be quite absorbing as well i mean it was very intense um but you were again on kind of like uh foreign soil so to speak you weren't in the dom and a protected place and so forth and so in in my uh, life anyway these two have always kind of one they're like it's a package you know they they go together. Um, nowadays, uh, in recent years, not so recent, I guess the last um, over been thirty five years or more plus um, since coming under the shelter of Pujapatridhar Marsh, I was um, asked to do relief work, which was his term for helping the devotees who had already been. Involved and um, and were um, uh, either disenfranchised uh, or one way or another had lost some enthusiasm because of events surrounding the disappearance of Prabhupada and subsequent um, um, events in his society, his formal society, ISKCON. Um, so. He was very concerned about it, that people had come so far to get involved, and it's difficult to awaken faith in someone and easy to, to trample on if it's tender and so forth. So he was looking at it in a very big, wide scale, and they've been wandering. Brahmanda Brahmite Kon Bhagavan Jeev, Guru Krishna Prasade Pai Bhakti Latabij. Throughout the Brahmanda, and they had a chance to come in touch with the touch with the Sadguru, and and it was so fortunate if that could be damaged and disconnected, they could lose their shraddha in that. It, for him, it was like it was like nothing could be more important. Nothing could be a greater loss. And there's no more greater emergency. Your house could be burning down, and uh, it would be of no consequence. In comparison, that's how he lived. You know, that's, he living in what what that meant to be in touch with Krishna consciousness, 
really feeling and experience it. He felt that way about everybody, and he was seeing, you know, some chaos, and some people were going away um, from the life that they had um, been involved in due to the circumstances. So he was concerned, and uh, he, among others, he asked me to do relief work. That was his term. He said, what is the use? It's a farce. People are coming in the door, front door, but older devotees are leaving out the back door. You know, then what? what, what is that? What is the meaning of that kind of outreach? That's the way he thought about it. So I have been much more involved in that than I was um, when Prabhupada was here, and he had such an empowered outreach campaign about which he said at different times, you know, as I mentioned earlier, now we've made enough devotees, we should boil the milk. So that was there. And at the time of his disappearance, it, was, it would have been a good time to do so, uh, obviously to th really kind of think about what, what his um, appearance in our life was really all about the furthest reaching implications, ramifications, and so forth. And the, the Sridhar was very expert in that way at kind of helping us to look and think in, in, in that way. So it was, an, it was a time for introspection. And so I got very involved in um, that kind of a thing, helping other devotees. And that's kind of pretty much what I do. Um, my audiences and so forth. But that's an outreach too, for me. That's outreaching. Um, to them, and um, and uh, I remember, you know, I'd like to create an environment uh, like when we when I first joined in in ISKCON early days. I remember uh, in Los Angeles, we had a van in the parking lot, which was uh, if some new guy came along and wanted to join. We tell them sleep in this van for three days and come to all the programs. And if you you know you do, then we'll t we'll entertain your suggestions. So we were like at that point we were just like really into what we were doing and you know and get with it or whatever you know we don't have the time. And so so it was our our enthusiasm that for the the life itself. And the practices and so forth that was selling it. So it's been, I'd like to, so I'd like to create that type of environment where again the boiling of the milk uh, results in the overflowing of the milk uh, to others. And it's a contagious. And they, like Yoga Maya, which she said, she said the other day when she first came to a temple that I had at that time in San Francisco. And uh, she she was invited by somebody. She came in, and it was because we were having an arctic or something. It was a kirtan. Everybody was colorfully adorned and and uh, and exotically uh, decorated and singing and dancing. And she didn't know what was going on, but she thought this must be what heaven's like. <laughs> People happy, jumping around, dancing, you know, looking exotic. So I'm going to join. You know, <laughs> it was kind of you know her initial response, and then she heard further, of course, and confirmed her suspicions that uh, this, was, this was what heaven is like. So um, that's what I would like to uh, create uh, here, for example, at 
at Charagrahi. Um, and so an emphasis on all of you understanding the teachings better, being grounded in the philosophy. So if we really, uh, as, as we do emphasize, is an emphasis, is an, is an investment in uh, in outreach. I mean, we're not out, other than Bhakti Rasa on Fridays, in uh, blocking the streets, as she said yesterday, in uh, in Asheville. Bhakti Lata, I'm sorry, Bhakti Lata. Um, and I'm not against that, but um, we have a lot of things to do here that um, um, the aim of which is to serve both purposes. It's not uh, that they're mutually exclusive. Create an environment that showcases a uh, well-understood, enthusiastically participated in uh, Gaudi Vaishnavism um, in a way that uh, makes sense also with the times in which we live. So, you know, a rural community, sustainable, that kind of thing. I, I think that um, in the Americas that kind of example is uh, is needed. And it's, it's not easy to do it in America. It's easier to do it in other places perhaps, but this was a place where Prabhupada's uh, work was initially concentrated for, for good reasons, obviously. What it's, uh, it's still a pretty powerful nation, if you will, if not still the most powerful and influential nation. So there are successes here, and it's in one sense exceeds the successes elsewhere in terms of their capacity to influence others. So we're making such an effort, and uh, these are some of my thoughts about that. Uh, um, we are not... Uh, and the same holds true for... I, I want to say we're not doing outreach. I mean, you have to think, I want to go back to God at it. That's, that's not a selfish idea. Because back to God, it means you want to be like one of the people that Krishna is living for. What kind of people they must be. I mean, they're completely selfless. Krishna's gopis, gopas. It's absolutely, you know, there's, there's no selfishness in it whatsoever. So to understand it properly and to aspire for it, it's not like aspiring to go to Vaikuntha to live on the same planet with God and be attracted to one of the perks of Vaikuntha, as I've sometimes explained, that option is there. Some go to Vaikuntha uh, primarily influenced by Prem, some by the perks that are a byproduct of the Prem. Even those who go for the Prem, for that reason, they have some interest in the perks nonetheless, but that distinguishes the Vrindavan sector, the Brajabhasis, from the inhabitants but they're not interested in that. They're not interested in living on the planet of God. You know, they want to live with Krishna, right? And they don't think he's God there. So, uh, um, it's a, it's you, you, just the idea. It's audacious in one sense, where we are at to think of being a playmate of Krishna. Um, that those who know, like the gods, when they saw Krishna, when they came at the Govardhan Leela and and uh, Indra tried to make up for his his offenses, and Shiva, Brahman, others came with him, and so forth. And Krishna stepped aside from his cowards who looked at him at a distance and saw these four-headed and five-headed people, and 
a guy with eyes all over his body, Indra, come there and pour water on him, and an elephant, you know, bathed him from his trunk, and he put the crown on Krishna and gave him all these regal ornaments, crowned him the god of gods and so forth, and then they flew away thinking, what? And then Krishna got surrounded by his friends who took the crown off and put it on, Madhimangal putting it on and took the cape and well, who are those crazy people? I, you know, and the gods are looking at them. Who are those people? Like Sukadev said, Krita Punja Punja. Oh, who are they? Who have this capacity to interact with the Godhead in this kind of intimacy? And uh, it's so much about what Krishna is about. It has nothing to do with anything else. Desire for mukti, for mukti, yoga city, whatever it may be, mukti city, what is it? Mukti mukti city kami sakali ashanta, Krishna bhakti nishkamata ebashanta. So, uh, whether you want mukti, material enjoyment, mukti, um, emancipation, um, city, powers of the yogis, all such desires leave one. Um, disturbed, Ashanta. There's no peace there. One who wants all the booty, when the booty comes, the city comes. Krishna Bhakti Nishkam, Nishkam, Atayevashanta. He can be peaceful. He has no Nishkam. He has no desire for booty, Mukti, Siddhi. So these are completely selfless people, and there's so much about concern about what what Krishna is about, not what I can get from Krishna. Like I've given an example, if you think of the uh, the sun as an as kind of an example of the influence of God, it's a good meditation because we are very dependent upon the sun, and we often don't even think about where it is during the day. And so, even though it's so mercifully providing for us so much, um, so it's a it's, it's a, you can use it as a meditation in a general way. This is God. Comes of his own accord, disappears of his own. There's union, there's some vogue of his own sweet will, deal with it. And we're living on, under his blessing and so forth. So, but, but even if you think like that, most people will think what the sun is doing for us, what the sun, thank you, thank you, thank you. But nobody stops to think what's going on on the sun planet? What are those explosions all about? What are those nuclear explosions on the sun? And that's what we're interested in. What are the nuclear explosion, the emotional life of the Godhead that's exploding, you know, constantly in 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 Rasaranda? We're interested in that. So just to be interested in that draws Krishna's interest to you. You're interested in that. <laughs> Nobody wants to know about that. They want. Uh, what did Krishna? Krishna said it himself to the gopis in, in Kurukshetra. He said, "Mai bhakti hi He said, uh, "People approach me for all kinds of things. Basically, he said they want bhakti, they want mukti, they want they want city. But the way you have approached me is is different. It's got me running after you." Hmm? It subordinated me to you. This is a whole different thing. And so, 
to be, you know, if, if you approach someone, all you want to do is know what they want, what they're about, and to facilitate that. I mean, you've got them, you purchased them by that. If you want something from them, their money, their knowledge, their power, you know, they might give you some, but, you know, then you go away. But if you just want to come and serve and find out what they want and so forth, that's, uh, uh, you know, another thing. So that is our ambition, to be like those people. That's the center of our whole practice, to enter into that realm like those people. And it means to properly understand those people. Hmm? When, what is the tattva under, you know, you know, Jiva Goswami wrote the six Sundarvas to tell you what that's about up there, you know. Um, so it's, it's a little different than what meets the eye, so to speak. And so with the proper understanding to, to desire that, this is like very compelling to Krishna. We want to get his attention. To want to be like those people means that you really, you really want to serve me. So naturally, he becomes purchased. So that is our ideal. It's 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 not a um, a um, selfish thing. It's the it's the end of the extreme of. Um, selflessness, I'm not sure how I got onto that. Um, it's not Right. What did I say before that? But anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've mentioned him a few times. He's a good guy. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Didn't, but uh, it's not a selfish ideal, properly understood. It's it's not, even going to Vaikuntha has comparatively some spiritual selfishness. There's material selfishness and then there's spiritual selfishness. Spiritual self-concern. Rukmini had spiritual self-concern. She couldn't do what the gopis did and break the Vedic law to meet with Krishna. She went as far as she could, but she had to stay within the Vedic law. So she got the, wrote a note to the Brahmin, give this to Krishna, ask him to kidnap me, you know, and which is a far end of the Vedic law, right, the Gandharva marriage. So, but the gopis, they broke the laws uh, to meet with Krishna. And he told them to go home, and they wouldn't go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they had no concern what would happen to them. Mm-hmm. So to speak. They, 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 and their love looks more selfish. Mm-hmm. But it's completely the opposite. So love kind of has kind of camouflages itself. Therefore the Bhagavatam says, Nasta Praeshu Bhadreshu Nityam Bhagavatam Seva. You've got to study this book real carefully if you want to know what's going on in the in the pages. Understand it. So that ideal, that's what um, what um, we're about. It's kind of the center that our sadhana should orbit around. And of course, Appropriate, we'll take the we'll take the appropriate steps from where we are to to go there. Hmm? Um, but anyway, we that's what we want to want to do here. I'm not sure how. We, Enthusiasm for outreach and inland. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah, I got that. So, yeah, they go together. They go together. Um,
And, you know, you should kind of like try to tell your temperature with that, too. Because so. you want to be, you want to make progress every day. You want a little samadhi every day. Keeps the samsara away. <laughs> little samadhi every day. Some, some deep samskar for bhakti. Got absorbed. Mm. Got absorbed. My hair stood on end. Mm. Yes, uh, uh, that's character making. That's how you, that's how you turn yourself into a devotee. Mm. So you want to, you want to be casual because um, results in a casualty. <laughs> you want to be intensely practiced, mm. and um, with intelligence, we're fortunate here to have a, a wide spectrum of. You know, 70s to 17, practically. You know, you're older than that now. I think you came when you came when you were 17. So, so it's that's good. You know, everybody can get enthused by the young people, and young people can get some insight in how to go to course <laughs> from those who have, you know, uh, overcome various hurdles and, and so forth in, in, in their lives. So. We try to good, do a good thing for Chaitanya Vaishnavism here in our own small way. And it, it is about um, sharing with the public. Although we're, we don't have a book distribution team <laughs> at this time and a hurry on team. You have Bhakti Lada. <laughs> yeah. He was saying that, like in LA, you have the van. Yeah, I said that, yeah. So just the yeah. enthusiasm of yeah. the devotees and their practice. Contagious, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we can do that. We're not going out. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, how come I really find meaning in. Um, I guess just the way you were talking reminded me of the story of the spider in Ramila pushing like the little rocks to build a bridge so even though one may be doing a very small service how could they find meaning kind of in like their little contribution yeah well nothing small I mean you're the gardener once an educated man came to Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvatthaka and asked him to explain the meaning of Bhagavatam. Purimarsh told me this, and he said, Bhakti Siddhanta said, talk to so-and-so, the gardener. And he said he was not being facetious in any way. He knows the Bhagavatam. The guy didn't know any verses, but he knew the Bhagavatam. He understood it. So it's not an academic exercise. So in any of our services, then none of them are Small. I mean, Bhaktivinoda Thakur envisioned himself as Kamal Manjari's service was to make a camper lamp. You think, well, anybody can do that. <laughs> no, to make a camper lamp. Really make. Really, that was his. Yeah, that just tells you how much is in one little service like that in Golok, and what, what it means to make the camper lamp. I don't know where he was making it exactly for what particular event, but that was 
the service he got to make a camper lamp. Boiling milk. That wasn't service to boil milk. Yeah. So it tells us that there's no insignificant small um, service. They're all make Brahma's work look insignificant. The big manager of the universe, four-headed, busy, busy, and so forth. So to do in quality, each and every little service is huge. Does that help? Yeah. There was a very famous monk, I don't know what order, in he was a Catholic monk, but he was the pot washer in a monastery, and he was considered the most... The most advanced, the pot washer. Yeah. 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 That's what we want. Yes, Marsh? Oh, well, that reminded me that in Detroit, there was a, a monk from... Wisconsin and Minnesota named Father Salinas Casey. And he wasn't very good at reciting Latin or anything, so they just made him the creator at the church. He's going to be the first American-born Catholic to be canonized. Huh? It's in his humility that this is Hallmark. Mm-hmm. What was his name? Salinas Casey. Father Salinas Casey. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to... What's the time? 7.25. We're going to stop a few minutes early, okay? Shri Shri Gauradamadava Kijaya. Gaurabhakti Vrinda Kijaya. Gaurabhakti Vrinda Kijaya.